we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. And this is our We Are More season. I'm Simone Roche, and this season we're going to be chatting to our winners, our commended, and our partners of the Northern Power Women Awards, doing what we do best, which is showcasing and spotlighting role models. In case you weren't aware, Northern Power Women Awards are proudly the largest celebration of gender equality in Europe, created to highlight the amazing impact that individuals, organizations, teams, and services are having whilst accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from the North. And here at Northern Power and HQ, we're passionate about continuing to build a community of trailblazers and go-getters and working together to create a more inclusive working world. And my guests know all about that. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Karen Campbell-Williams and Jen Barnett, representing Grant Thornton, who won our large organization at this year's 2022 awards. And just, just to give you a background, Grant Thornton is one of the world's largest professional service networks of independent assurance, tax and advisory businesses with member firms in over 135 countries. And the UK member firm, Grant Thornton UK LLP, is one of the largest UK accounting and business advisors. Karen is UK Head of Tax and a member of the strategic leadership team, which functions as an executive board running the firm's UK business operations. Born and brought up in Glasgow and moved to the Northwest in 1989, joining Grant Thornton in 94 and becoming a partner in 1997 when her daughters were aged just five and eight. And she later went on to become the Head of Tax for the Northwest practice in 2010, by which time she had added a son to her family born in 2004. Karen is also sponsor of the SLT for Social Mobility, something we're passionate about here at Northern Power Women and the Power Collective, and close to her own art, giving her working class roots and some of the challenges she faced moving into the world of work. Jen is a people change specialist and psychologist in the UK lead inclusion for diversity and sustainability at Grant Thornton, responsible for designing and leading the firm's distinctive L&D and sustainability strategy. This strategy aims to transform the culture and attract, retain and liberate diverse people. I love that, liberate diverse people to deliver an exceptional client experience. Prior to this role, Jen was people experience director where she shaped the employee value proposition and influenced senior leaders to change behavior to improve the people experience Jenna's expertise in psychological culture change and as executive coaching and leadership specialist welcome to you both what what bios that you have I always love reading them out but when I've got two for one that's massive welcome Karen and Jen to the podcast thanks thanks so I'm delighted to be here thank you and tell us, what did winning the award this this year mean to you as, as both an individual and as an organisation of which I felt the whole of Grant Thornton um, in the North were on that stage that evening in Manchester? I mean, I guess for me as an individual, I was delighted. Not, not for me, but for the organisation and for all our people who 
tirelessly day, day after day, like Jen, are really focused on how we become more inclusive, how we become more diverse, and, and actually how we interweave that into everything that we do. So it was fantastic. We had Jen and some of the team had come that, that, that work on this full time had come and, and were with us. And we also had some of our newer, younger people who joined the firm with us that night as well, who have got involved in, in um, speaking out about things and experiencing talking about their journeys and how they've got involved in different things. So, and they'd never been to anything like that before. So it was a fantastic experience all round, I think. But as a firm, I guess what I'd say is it's a really good sort of acknowledgement and endorsement of all the work that the team are doing and the hard work that's going in. It doesn't mean we're finished. It doesn't mean we've sorted everything out. There's always loads to do. But I think what that does is give a sort of a focus and a cause for celebration that what we're doing is being recognised and helps build a platform for people to to feel that motivation to keep moving forward and doing more. So Yeah, I think from a personal perspective, it puts into perspective all of the hard work that a number of the team have been involved in over um, particularly since I've been working on this agenda, which is which is over three years. I think it's an important symbol of change. So I think when you're when you're looking at inclusion and diversity, it is all about how much we're prepared to change and what we're prepared to put in place to support people to perform at their best. And I think when you win an award like this, it really highlights positively changes that we have made. Um, so it doesn't mean we uh, have achieved everything, but it's an important motivator, uh, both internally and also externally, as a way to share what we've done and to you know, there's no competition in inclusion and diversity. I think that's the great thing about it. People can share, organisations can share what they've done. And this is a this is a good opportunity to do that. And I've always thought that, you know, this isn't a race like you've just said, Jen. You know, it's not about splitting it all up, isn't it, into pie and go and go, well, you've got more of this. You're more of this than we are, you know. And I, I think it's very much about the doing. And I think, you know, so many um, people and individuals and organisations talk the talk, but actually it's about the cracking on and walking the walk. What does Grant Thornton do so well that other businesses, other businesses that can emulate? Because again, like you say, it's not a competition. And I always think there's, I always, we always want to pass on that knowledge so other people can pick up and, and take some of those top tips from you. For me, when I first took on this role, what was really apparent was that our CEO took this agenda really seriously. So I reported into him when I first took on the opportunity. And he had a great respect for the skill set that I brought, which was around psychology and change and culture and how do we embed inclusion first um, into our culture and listen to voices that we probably wouldn't ordinarily listen to. And I think a defining moment was we put in a reverse mentoring program and the CEO was being reverse mentored um, by, by an individual who was quite junior in the firm uh, and who was also identified as non-binary and had um, come from a quite a deprived social background. And Dave actually asked this person to stand up on stage and tell their story to one of the partners, and they did that. And they had a standing ovation at the partner conference, and it had such a big impact on the people there. And I think that was one of the first defining moments of our everyday inclusion strategy, because it was hearing a voice that they wouldn't ordinarily have heard. So I think that's really important that the leader takes it really seriously. And I think the investment of time and also resources to make it happen show that you're being serious about it. And having a strategy that's right for your business, you know, we worked really hard on 
what was right for our business, what did we need to do at the time, and that strategy has evolved over time. And we're a very data-driven organisation, so we do use very sophisticated, robust data to analyse where we're at and look at where we need to make improvements. It's that whole measurement piece, isn't it? You know, if it's that you know that whole adage is what goes, what gets measured gets done. And you've you've talked about your CEO and um you know and, and equally uh, we're really passionate about giving people a platform and a stage. And so talk to me about um you know I know as an organisation really keen to celebrate male allies and male advocacy. Uh, you know it's something that's we're passionate about. But that's something you you do pretty well, isn't it, at Grant Thornton as well, Karen? I mean, I think it goes wider than just even the sort of male allies. I mean, that's obviously really important when you're looking around the gender strand. But across our whole business, we are very, um, we talk all the time. There's always stories about ally, you know, that allyship underlying everything. We have um, inclusion allies, uh, which include um, people from all sort of um, levels within the firm, right up to the SLT, our strategic leadership team, being involved. I'm an inclusion ally. We have training, which helps. We hear people come along. Jen talked before about sharing stories. I think that's so important because you you really, when something becomes real and it's actually someone's actual lived life experience, that really helps people understand what things mean to them and, and how things will impact and affect people. So um, I think some of the, the stuff around that, the, the whole thing of allyship, reverse mentorship, which obviously is partly builds that allyship into what you do. And we have an inclusion advisory board, um, which covers effect, the people that are on there, cover all the different strands of inclusion. And we, as an SLT, take all our key decisions and run them past that board in the context of what does that mean, making sure that we're taking those different views and we're seeing that whole sort of spectrum of how sort of key decisions that we might make as a board will impact all of our business so you know the whole allyship male allies is an area that yeah that's really important and I think Jen we've got some great examples you were talking earlier weren't you about one of our tax partners I don't know whether you want to pick pick that up but yeah no I will actually because it's a great example Simone so this is just one thing we're working on we're working on how we embed flexible working and job shares in our business and part of that is looking at the digital technology we need to share work and just some of the practicalities and we have uh, actually two uh, male partners, one from audit, one from tax, who are heavily involved in that flexible working program because they're really passionate about flexible working as a whole. And that's, so it's not just a gender issue, although flexible working will absolutely help working families. What we're trying to move towards with working families and everything we talk about is gender neutral language. Uh, working families are about empowering men and women and non-binary and gender non-conforming and every identification of gender to actually support how they raise their families and how they choose to balance their lives um, and so moving it deliberately moving that away from a women's only issue is really important for us and it embeds this uh, principle that in order for people to perform at their best and to get peak performance, we need to recognise that people have lives outside of work as well. And, and I think this this kind of really lends itself to the fact that you are very, very high priority on supporting parents and, you know, there's such a focus on um, paternity leave. And I know this is something for, you know, since the this came into, into law, there's always been a very low 
percentage of men that will actually take that paternity leave. And I, I, how is how is this sort of shifting in the in the culture of Grand Thornton? And I totally appreciate what you're saying is actually it's not just about what we do for men or what we do for women or what we do for non-binary. It's actually it's that wider approach. How does that shift in workplace culture sort of help sort of this this struggle? And how do we get more more uh, men to take that paternity leave? Yeah, I think the way society is set up um, at the moment in terms of legislation is that we have what's called shared parental leave. But in order for shared parental leave to be successful, the take-up of it with men is really low because the women have to give something up in order for the man to be able to take time off. So it's shared. So the woman has to give up some of her maternity leave for the man to take the the shared parental leave. What we've tried to do at Grand Thornton is recognise that. And rather than ask the woman to take something away, we've actually given more paternity leave. So, again, it's to try and equalise this view that men and women need time off when they've had such a life-changing event as having um, as having a child, particularly a first-born child. So we've got a number of networks that we've set up to support parents, working parents. And also we've got a single-parent network that we've set up as well to support that. And we have transition coaching for people being off work, coming back to work. And we're increasingly telling stories about men who are working part-time by choice because they're choosing to be part of the childcare arrangements and, and raising their children. So so we we are trying, it's difficult, isn't it? Because society is so set up around care, the caregiver being a woman. But we're, we're trying really hard to change that view internally. And that's definitely where the culture piece comes in, doesn't it? And Karen, just moving on, you are really passionate about promoting social mobility we, you know we talked earlier you came from a you got into um finance from a working class background do you think that pathway is a lot clearer now and and that's why social mobility um is is so important to you i don't think it's i think it's moved on a lot i mean i'm going back 30 odd years so the world was hugely different then anyway and i guess for me the biggest thing was just not knowing people not knowing the systems not knowing processes sort of going in I, I just didn't have any kind of support network if you like that would help me through any of that so I had to kind of find my own way in lots of ways I think that still happens to some extent but I do think there is a lot more that's being done through organizations like Northern Power Women Power Collectives and um, things like the Social Mobility Foundation organizations like ours who are actually really sort of getting involved that will help some of that there's still there's still more work to do but, but I think you can never underestimate just even what might seem like something quite minor, that the impact that can have on someone's life. So, you know, some of the things we've been doing, um, RISE is a um, social mobility um, sort of uh, going into schools. It's a, it's a programme, which I've got involved in doing a couple of the workshops as well, because I just wanted to go and experience that and feel it. And that's sort of with the ICAW, the accountancy body and... Um, some of the, the the sort of larger firms, if you like, have got involved in that and it's now extending out. But just some of the stories and understanding that that it just helps raise aspirations. People can see, you can't be, you know, that's what we say, you can't be what you can't see, but it's that role modelling. And I do think all of that's moved on so much. Um, and then organisations like, you know, within Grant Thornton, we were the first to drop the academic requirements in, the, in our profession in terms of entry. But we're working really, really hard around things like school leavers, and also around, um, you know, trying to make sure that we get that diversity in terms of social mobility and then looking at progression once people are in the organisation to make sure that we're given the right support to help people really um, sort of move their careers forward, whatever their background. So, yeah, I'm, as you say, I'm quite passionate about that. But, but I do think 
I, th I think there's still lots to do and it's not perfect and there'll always be um, work to do, but I do think the, the, the world has moved on quite a lot in the last 30 odd years, thankfully, in terms of having a bit more clarity around, um, you know, where you go. And even just the internet and being ac access to information helps with some of that too, if people have got that, obviously not everyone has. And I think that storytelling is always going to be a part of, of this, is always going to be a part because actually, like you say, the world has changed. Look at the last three years and the, the global pandemic and how we work and our stories are changing constantly. And, you know, Jen, um, you come from, uh, your, your expertise is in psychological culture change. How does this come into play in your day-to-day -day work at Grantville? Uh, I think I use it every day. I think you mentioned it, didn't you, that human societies are not static. So attitudes and norms do change over time. And um, we are triggered by life events and we're triggered by things that happen in the media. And, and that has um, helped to shape in part some of our focus and our strategy. But I think the reason that IND is so interesting and also complex and also messy and also hard is that you need to persuade the majority to shift in order for the minority to flourish. Um, so people will only accept um, that there's a need to change if they first believe there's an issue. Um, and secondly, if they're given small actions that they can take without feeling threatened. Um, so we've worked a lot on, and I think Karen's mentioned it, inclusion allies and helping people to think about what they can do to support the agenda in their own way. And we've we've given people the skills or we try to give people the skills that are required and that consistency of role models. Um, so all of that, um, you know, if you, anybody who's interested in psychological change, that, that they're some of the first things you look at. You, you look at what's the real common purpose that we have that people believe in, how's that threaded through everything that you do and all the decisions that you make as an organisation? How do you give people the skills required to make that change? And then how do you reinforce that through your role models and your systems and your change in the way that you the way that you choose to measure people i think the one thing i'd add to that i think is that there has to be real authenticity to it and that that's where it, it can go wrong can't it because you can't say one thing and do something different so i think the actions of everyone within our organization but naturally you probably spotlight more on some of the leaders because that's what people see and will look to so there's a real importance i think in making sure that there's authenticity in that and that people know that it actually means something and that it, that it is it's not just words and all that that's all i would add into that thing so finally what are you most excited about getting involved in the future at grand thornton what's next on the agenda jen I'll come to you first <laughs> Well, I think there's a real opportunity for us now as we're growing in our uh, environmental and societal impact and thinking about our approach to that is what does that mean? How can we join everything up? So Karen mentioned that we do a lot around social mobility. We're obviously done an awful lot around gender um, and supporting cultural heritage and ethnicity and disability. How do you join all of that up? and start to think about the, the, the real barriers that exist culturally and, and help all of our diverse talent to thrive. But there's also an opportunity to link that up with um, what we're doing around our environment, how we're asking people to approach that. So there's, there's a whole piece around how can we be a really responsible business, have a voice in that, and um, use all of the good work that we've all the foundations that we've already started to continue to embed that work and to have a to have a say in that externally as well. And Karen, what about you? What's what's going to be the highlight of the next six months for you? I think just seeing the the progression and the work that that Jane and all the team are doing, and I, and I think there's a real big thing. I would just echo what Jane says there around 
tying that up with the whole ESG agenda and, and the S in that is so interlinked. Um, and we are working increasingly across um, across the business to sort of look at how we do that in a much more connected way. Um, I also, I just love getting involved. I love to see the engagement, the increasing engagement that we're getting from people. Um, and so, every, you know, every week there are stories on our internet, people are sharing more and more. And I think, I, I, you know, the more that we can continue to build that sort of psychological safety in people, that they feel that they're able to do that and share, because that just enriches um, that sort of experience for everyone within the organisation. So um, I'm, I'm really excited by how well that's moving. And, and some of our you know, partners really opening up and sharing their own experiences and people right through the whole organisation, you know, getting involved in that has just been great for, for me to see and I think we can do more. So. And do you know what? It's great to hear. It's great to hear that S coming through. You know, the, the S and the SG is all about social. We've talked about social, social value, social mobility, but I think that's come across to me in our conversation today is about the storytelling and the fact that the storytelling across every level, whether it's that your reverse mentor, whether it's the chief exec, whether, you know, everyone for, for everyone's got a journey, everyone's got a story and, and we'll continue to change. So thank you so much, Grant Thornton Massive for, for joining me today. Thank you, Karen and Jen, for chatting. And thank you for tuning in today. If you love our episodes, let us know by rating, reviewing and subscribing wherever you get your podcast. This helps us to spread the stories, more stories of role models who are accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from the North. Get involved in our power collective, our power-ups. We know the Grant Thornton team of early careers and professionals have been involved in these one-hour speed micro-mentoring sessions. We do them every month. The free please do get involved reach out to us on socials at north power women on twitter and northern power women on all our other social media channels or drop us a line old school podcast at northernpowerwomen.com join us next monday we'll now be joined by more role models from the northern power women community my name's simone roche and you've been listening to the northern power women podcast a what goes on media production oh, yeah.